Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for Seminole Headlines featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Real quick at the outset here before we give some love to Dr. Birch, Birch Orthodontics for her support headlines. We should uh, first mention this is previously recorded. So if you're in the chat, thanks for watching the show. We appreciate you. If you're listening, thanks for listening. We cannot respond directly to any questions you may have had in that chat because we had to record this just before we would have been coming on the air. Corey's got a doctor's appointment. It's his fault. We have noted yep. that in the in the recording. You can see it. Uh, you'll see where, uh, you know, Corey once again scheduled a doctor's appointment at the exact time. That we were- <laughs> Except for some Crushing reason. It. Except for some reason, hour two, we took off. It's Corey's fault from the uh, scroll there. Yeah, it it's, it's there. definitely my fault, Tom. You can throw that back up there on the yeah. on the scroll. And yeah. we're not again. We're 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 two hours early. We're not a day early or two. So no. this is still lively. This is still timely, folks. This yeah, is still this timely. Very much so. Yeah. And all of last hour was pretty much uh, celebrating the return of Florida State's football practices, so that we have some context and uh, content for you over at WarChant.com. You're going to want to go there as always and. Check out the stories, the videos, and all the insights from practice this week as they get back after it today and again on Thursday ahead of Saturday's scrimmage. This hour brought to you by Birch Orthodontics. Yes, the good news happened, boys. Just before I left for the spring break vacation, uh, Bryce was told that he gets his braces off in April. Whoa. There we go. Yes, the celebration is on. And just in time for me to put my youngest in braces, Bryce comes out of braces. So, you know, I'm not. Did he wear braces? Did Clark (laughs) just wear braces? Is that how braces work? Yeah. Here, pass them off. So uh, Dr. Birch told me, yep, we're moving on to the retainer phase. She knows I think that's a conspiracy. She told me I'm wrong. She says I'm wrong. I sound like these idiots online who think they're doctors. But uh, I said, I said, okay, well, that's fine. I have my beliefs. And I yeah. walked out of the office. <laughs> I, have my belief. I have my <laughs> beliefs, which are based on absolutely nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, apparently, that's all you need to have. Hell, <laughs> but, you can be president. I think, got- I think retainers, I don't, I think retainers are, you know, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I, what are we doing here? It's, yeah. just, now, it's just another known medical yeah. expert. Just, yeah, well, there's no way those know, things work. You know, some people are anti-maskers, Ira. Corey and I are anti-retainers. We don't yeah. believe and, them. But we always have been. Yeah. Always this have. isn't a new stance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the three Schofeld kids who went through braces and Dr. Birch and Birch Orthodontics are still compliant, Dr. Birch. 
They're still wearing their braces, their retainers yeah. at night. And you know what? Their teeth are still straight, still have beautiful smiles. Now, listen, when, when, you got to understand. You got to understand. Uh, I'm a true American. And whether I believe in it or not, I'll go along with what is being passed on by the medical community. I trust in science. I believe in science. I believe in the medical community. So I've decided that regardless if I think it's a racket, I will have Bryce wear a retainer as instructed by Dr. Birch. I'll sell out like that. That's what I'll do. Good job, Jeff. We appreciate that that sacrifice for you, buddy. The uh, website is birchorthodontics.com. They'll set up free consultations for you if you have any orthodontic needs or your kids might need braces or Invisalign. They've got all the latest technology, great customer service, payment plans to make it affordable when you've got two kids That's right. uh, in yep. braces like Jeff, and uh, they'll be happy. You'll be happy uh, to see them. Scott writes, is the Freddie Freeman slash Braves breakup similar to FSU and Jimbo? Both wanted more than their previous organization, but both were told to have a good day to their surprise. Corey? No, I, I, I don't think so. I think, uh, man, I guess, I don't know. It seemed like Freddie just wanted to leave. And Jimbo well, he definitely wanted, wanted to money leave. money is what he wanted. He got yeah, but I mean, the Braves were close enough. The dude, if he would have signed the contract the Braves offered him, would have made $300 million playing baseball for the Atlanta Braves. Did he, That's did, pretty good. Did he think he was going to get more out, out on the market? Yeah, th- he just wanted the sixth year. That's all he cared about. That stupid sixth year was like the Braves offered five years the whole time. He's like, no, I want six years. And that was the that was the sticking point. It's like, dude, what, if you want to be a Brave, that sixth year won't be that big a deal. You'll be 37. And if you're awesome at 37, I promise you they'll re-up and get you a couple-year deal for $40 more million or whatever. But, no, he wanted to go, you know, look, I hope there's not a massive earthquake while he's out there. I'm not rooting for that, obviously. There's a lot of people, a lot of Americans out in California. But, uh, you know, and I don't want a forest fire to affect his home either. I'm not rooting against Freddie Freeman like that, so don't get it twisted. That's the end of why, why, why would they? Why would they? But yeah, I don't know why so, anybody would assume as much, right? Not that anybody cares about Atlanta's hierarchy of baseball pantheon of greatness. But now it's 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 Chipper and Hank, and Freddie's not in the conversation anymore, right? Well, he still got the championship. He was still the best player on the championship team. But but to he, have he this didn't happen? win the MVP. Yeah, no, it it rubbed people the wrong way. And the kid that they got, kid, he's twenty eight to replace him. Awesome. He's, well, he's good. Number one, and he signed his extension in like nine seconds. He's like, yeah, sure. He was on the plane coming to Atlanta, and he's like, oh yeah, I'll sign for eight years. Yeah, you know, he didn't care. So whatever. Yeah. No. I, and listen, it's hard to disparage Freddie Freeman. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, he's a good guy that just wanted the best deal he could get. And he got it from the Dodgers. Now it's not hard to disparage the Dodgers yes. and we should around every turn, every chance we get, you have to hope uh, I do anyhow for significant amounts of injuries <laughs> on that roster. You, you have to hope that six or seven of the guys in that starting lineup go down to injury for the season. Let's just say it for what it is. We don't yeah. have to sugarcoat it. We don't have to pretend like we care about their futures. F the Dodgers right. and that ridiculous lineup they have from one through nine. It's absurd. Now that they have a DH and Pollock is their DH, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and like I Mookie just, Betts is apparently seems like a great dude too. Like yeah. Mookie Betts genuinely seems like a great dude. Yeah. Yeah. But if he shatters his knee, it happens. Again, it happens. It happens. I mean, if he falls into an, uh, a crevice after that big earthquake. If I, Trey I don't Turner, want him to die. I don't want Mookie no, Betts to die. I, no, I don't want that. anybody to die. Yeah, hashtag we hope you're okay. Well done. Yeah, no. 
Listen, I don't want any long-term damage done, just enough for you to miss a season of baseball, maybe yeah, three seasons. Three seasons would uh, be great. You know, listen, if Trey Turner goes down, if uh, all of a sudden, I don't know, you name Justin like any Turner, one of the Any Turner they have. Yeah, any of the Turners, uh, any one of the all-star guys in the lineup, the entirety yeah. of the lineup, it's ridiculous. It reminds me of the Yankees back in the day. Uh, I, I I loathe that situation. Moving on, moving on. People aren't tuning into the show to hear us rip the Dodgers. Uh Gents, who will have a bigger impact on this defense? Uh, Am Staff Noel wants to know. Any true freshman or Leonard Warner? I mean, Leonard Warner, I think, will play. Uh, Of course. He's going to play at defensive end. Um, He's not going to start. Maybe he's a guy that plays 20, 30 snaps here or there. Um, Is there going to be a freshman? freshman? That definitely plays more than Thomas. That. Thomas Maybe will Thomas, play. Thomas, if he can Thomas. sneak in, but there's a lot of competition at the, in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be by the end of the year. I, I, and Azaria Thomas looks great. I mean, he's had he a looks really awesome. Good, really yeah. good camp. Uh, really, I mean, impressive kid. Not just, I mean, yes, clearly the athletic ability and the way he plays, but not just that. He also comes across as super sharp, super uh, – his, yeah. his older brothers play college football. He's very mature. Uh, so all those things portend really good things. You, know, you just don't know how much a guy's going to start. And that secondary is a true freshman. We'll see. Walter <laughs> writes, since, since the 15 seed will never see the final four and the play-in games were for 11 seeds, why don't they have a tournament for the top 64 teams in the nation as opposed to the top 48 teams and 16 programs that don't have a chance? Those 16 teams could be part of a really competitive NIT and not be a pain in the butt to good teams. <laughs> Meanwhile, 16 other teams who may play in a tough conference or had – five or six critical injuries could be in the dance. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what they do. That, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the, the, the novelty of the, of March madness and the beauty of it is St. Peter's beating Kentucky. Right. That's, that's what everybody, that's the memorable thing from the weekend that and the almost North Carolina, by the way, roll it out there, Hubert, you get a 25 point lead and you cannot inbound the ball. What yeah. is go Roy Williams teams never went through that gang. Hey, they Corey, inbound the, the ball. Corey, who beat the one seed there? Who won that game? <laughs> Just saying, that was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, was a really fun game to watch, though. And uh, I almost won money on that. I had them in a parlay on a money line with North Carolina, but my other part didn't hit. But still, was, that was insanity. I, I was actually in my car. Well, no, actually, that was the uh, yeah. I was in my car when um, they were. I guess Baylor. Yeah, so I was in my car because we were down in Tampa. We were, dude. We were on Dale Mabry. We stayed at a hotel on Dale Mabry. Oh my yes. gosh! And you lived to tell about it. I, yeah. We did. It's it was sweet, that sweet that Dale Mabry, bad. baby. And uh, but yeah, Molly and I were down there. She's looking at grad school at USF, so we were down there for the weekend. But I was in, we were in the car driving around St. Petersburg and flipping through channels when I got that game, and it was uh, I think it was like they had just cut it to nine. Baylor just cut it to nine, then they cut it to six. But then Carolina pushed it back to nine. Then Baylor gets a three-point play to cut to six. And the radio guy on Westwood One lost his mind. Like, he thought he was calling the greatest comeback. I mean, he kept saying, this is the greatest comeback in college basketball history. But he goes, the champs are here. The champs are finally here. And it's like, yo, man, they've, they've it's a great comeback. Yeah. They haven't won it yet. Yeah. And, but the uh, – that was well, wild. I, I listened to it. I listened to it in the car. And overtime and everything. Uh, so it was it was a crazy hey, game. Hey, so, so by the way, can we all celebrate 
that the sorry-ass SEC, the much-overhyped Big Ten, oh, just took drubbings in this tournament. Meanwhile, the, the bes- besmirched around every yeah. turn, ACC is 8-2 and two and telling everybody to suck it. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's hilarious. But, man, those preseason narratives are strong, guys. Well, they were in, in, yeah, the preseason, like the early games too, the non-conference right, stuff. Right. You know, Miami wasn't good in the non-conference. Um, and now they're good. And they have three 24-year-olds. And uh, Auburn doesn't. And Miami beat the uh, Miami controlled that game. I was that was yeah. You know who see. swept Miami, guys? Yeah, I remember the Knowles. Yeah, Anthony Polite did. Matthew yeah. Cleveland did. Back to to kind of touching back on that, bringing it full circle to the question. You know, Leonard Hamilton has long advocated ninety six teams. Or yeah, he wants, he, wants, he wants everybody. He wants everybody to play in the tournament. Basically, for a season like this, though, where Florida State, you know, with the theory being the question, the theory being. If you got those guys back, maybe you could make a run. I don't think it would have happened with this team. I think no. there were some what, other what, issues. Why do you say that, Ira? Is it just the Syracuse game? <laughs> Is that why you think they couldn't have made a run? I was going to point to the Boston College game or the Pitt game, Corey, but if you want to point to the Syracuse game. I think game, their lone postseason game was a pretty good indicator. They were not going to make a run this <laughs> but year. In a year where, like, the Tony Douglas broken hand. Yeah, you know, yeah there are, absolutely. There are yeah. times where – you could say, man, it would be cool if a few more of these teams who maybe had something go wrong could get in the field. But, yeah, man, we love the automatic bids too. I mean, those, those teams are fun. Uh, Sir Stuart Wallace writes, so was there a locker in the new digs with a number three on it or not? Nah? Also, has Norvell addressed the Winston Wright prognosis as of yet? So, yeah, man, I did do – I did my Zapruder film watching of all the social media videos out there and never caught, came across anybody showing a Jarvis Brownlee locker in the uh, in the locker room, but it's probably there. It's like everyone got seen. It's yeah. just the ones here or there. Um, but we'll probably you know we'll find out today. I mean, there's you know there were questions last week before spring break about whether or not Jarvis Brownlee was going to be back in practice this week. We'll see if he is today. Tune into Warchant.com mm. around six thirty today uh, for an update on w- whether or not he's back. And you know, Winston Wright. I mean, we're I think best case is you're hoping he can play in the fall, but. But we don't know yet. Another number three. Winston Wright's number three as well. It's a tough number this year. year. Hey, uh, you know what we should do besides just answer these questions, which is the right thing to do because it's the headliner questions segment. We should at least acknowledge all three of us, of course, and we have in our own ways separately uh, as employees of Warchant. Gene Deckerhoff's retirement coupled with Sue Simmerow's retirement. We have not addressed that. We'll do it next. Some of the headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Ho, 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 horizons, it took, bar and grill. It took all the strength I had not to interrupt you, turn off your mic, and go home. Do you like how I closed my eyes when I sang? Too? Oh, believe me, that was the best part. <laughs> I didn't look at it, thankfully. It was unbelievable. He looked like, like Al Jarreau or something. <laughs> <laughs> he like Luther Vandross. Well, he was reference. making sure it was there. I want to apologize to Horizon Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, their delicious food uh, should not be overlooked by Corey's singing, Man, that's distracting a great you jingle from game. the restaurant itself. Uh, but Horizons Bar and Grill is where, Ira? Bannerman Crossing. you damn right it is. Tallahassee Ooh. off Thomasville Road and Bannerman Road. It's uh man, it's just it's incredible food, incredible people, incredible beers. It's where we are a lot. We're, hey, before a, the end of the group. week, fellas, uh, any week, like you could be listening to this six weeks from yeah. now. Let's let's all get together at Horizons Bar and Grill. We're there a lot. We really are. So if you want to see this in person, this trio, <laughs> never in mind person, the food. You get to see the three of us. But yeah, the food and the the drinks, the the patio, it's all good, man. It's all working. If it's you, all working. At and Horizons. if you sing the theme song, they'll give you some free food. I think. I think you get the bill is paid for if you sing the song, but with, you have to sing it like I do. And with, tell them Corey's with a bar tab. 
Yes, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's going. They're so kind. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. And uh, back to headliner questions. Uh, and, and I mentioned, I teased it before the break, that we were certainly going to acknowledge the retirements uh, of Gene Deckerhoff and Coach Sue Simrau. Um, she steps down, and of course, Gene, the legend, legendary voice of Florida State athletics, uh, steps down. That seemed very sudden. I think all of us were kind of alarmed by that. I like to to know that yesterday, you know, Tom told me that uh, he spoke with a couple people, and that they said, you know, listen, this was just it was time for him to go. He said he was just ready to leave because I think everybody kind of privately wonders when somebody suddenly retires a gig that they have that they could have for probably life are there other concerns? Is something else going on? Not that we know of. We're not hearing that at all. He just said basically that it was time for him to retire. Now he's going to finish out the year with the bucks. He's still under contract with Tampa Bay. Um, So good thing for him that Tom Brady came back and Jensen came back and they signed gauge away from Atlanta. So we get to keep kicking your Falcons ass up and down and Gene gets to call it, Corey. I don't know. I I don't know that has Tom Brady ever played Marcus Mariota because it's coming (laughs) this year, buddy. I don't, we'll see who wins that battle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've, we've, I think we've all marveled at Gene Deckerhoff's schedule for the last 30 Crazy. years, whatever, the fact that he would do what he did. I mean, there were games where he – remember there were games a couple of years ago where, like, he called a FSU game for the first quarter or yeah, two. like a yeah, half and jetted. Flew to Europe. Like, they put yeah, out a private plane. Yeah, in London. Yeah, I mean, just – it's his schedule's been insane. As a – man, I get tired when I drive to, like, Quincy. Like yeah, I can't and, he's, and he's quite a bit older than you. So, yes. yes. <laughs> but, and he's been doing this. So, I think everybody assumed when he finally stepped down, it would be for both at the same time. So, that's why it's a kind of a little bit odd. But, yeah, he's going to keep doing the Bucks at least for this year. And uh, we wish him nothing but the best. He's always been great to all of us, for sure. All of us have noted that he has been great to all of us. And, uh, and of course, there's the tug at the heartstrings uh, for anybody that grew up as an old. I mean, if you were a kid listening to those games on radio, Saturday nights at Doak, when Gene starts to take over, Vic Prinzi and all that, you know, yeah. you remember these days. And um, I, I remember it very, very well. And then it, it just you kind of take it for granted. I think Gene is the last of a dying breed in the sense that he is an old school announcer. He is very much the prototype of the way announcers were supposed to sound and how you did things in the booth. And there's good to bad to both of those things. I don't mind the more modern efforts as a broadcaster. At the same time, I kind of long for those traditionalists who are like Gene, you know, with, with the voice and the cadence and the things that he does. Um, but yeah, there's no getting around it. Uh, we salute Eugene Deckerhoff, the all-time great guy. And uh, I, I remember I got giddy when I first—I told the story yesterday on the air. I got into the industry, uh, broke into this business in 1998, 97, 98, and um, I, he—I used to do mornings at 6 a.m. and I'd have to be there show prepping at 4 a.m. And Gene would drop off these mini recorders, CDs, and then later on DAT tapes at the side door because he did uh, a lot of the voicing for the station I worked for. He also did ads and all, and he had, did all these coaches shows. And so we would, we would have to put those in the system and I got to meet him. I'd have to be the guy to open the door for him at five o'clock. Uh, and he would drop yeah. off these things himself, hand deliver these things at five in the morning, Corey, how about that dedication? 
ridiculous. And, uh, and he's a legend. And he would dr- he would drive himself over to drop off these DAC tapes to a punk like me yeah. who's on the air, you know, ripping a guy that he's loved and worked for forever or with forever, you know. And he was always super cool. He'd be like, yeah. "How you doing? I listened to the show yesterday. Good job." He was always great. Well, good for him. And yeah. good for us. We got him for that long. I was and, I was I was leaving it because I thought maybe Corey might want to chime in with some of his memories no. growing up as a Florida State fan. Yeah, well, but good since, for him. It's but fine. Since he didn't, I'm gonna jump in with one real quick. Jake File, longtime athletic yep. trainer at FSU, who's now with the Falcons. Uh Corey's beloved Falcons. He gets right. to watch uh, a lot of losing these days. Yeah, he, he sure po- does. He posted a great post on Facebook about it. He said that, you know, growing up, you know, an FSU fan over in Madison County. Grew up living by Gene Deckerhoff's calls of those games. And he said that when he became the athletic trainer at FSU and Gene would come out to practice, Gene would like, you know, ask him like, hey, how so-and-so look and things like that. And, you know, Jake was just saying how he felt like he was giving information to Gene so that Gene could paint the pictures for kids just like him, you know, 20 years. I mean, that was a really yeah. clean message. And that just speaks to his longevity and kind of the impact he's had on on so many uh, fans. Well, and I, and I really liked the uh, the thing that I remember him the most from my childhood is the Bobby Bowden show. Like he just, you know what I mean? Because I would, Sunday mornings I was appointment viewing for a kid up in Atlanta, one to watch the highlights, but then Gene being Gene, just a genuine awesome dude. Then yeah. uh, can we talk about Simra real quick? You, hold on, while we're right. uh, we'll, we'll get to Sue. Don't worry, but I uh, I do want to at least first address this because a couple guys. Headliner questions, both on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Nate wanted to know which job is going to be harder to follow up. This is kind of a, a tip of the cap to Gene. He wrote, Gene Deckerhoff, Nick Saban, or Coach K? Um, right. Tough. Robert writes, who takes over for the GOAT? Gene, love the show. Uh, I, I think the three of us believe this will be Tom Block, right? Uh, I, I would think it would be Tom Block. Are you going to throw your that. hat into the ring? So somebody was nice enough to do that on the message boards on war Chan, And a few people did it on Twitter or whatever. And my name got mentioned. Uh, I, I think Tom blocks the guy. I, I, I don't, I have no illusions or delusions about but you that. and William Floyd back together again. So that did make me smile. And I did pause that if that happened, if for some reason I was in that booth and worked alongside my dear friend and ex teammate, William Floyd, uh, it would be surreal because I will just allow myself to think about it for half a second working with him. That is. Yeah. There's zero chance, but look, and I'm not saying that this isn't a challenge. Don't take this as a challenge No, 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 no. to go from Gene Deckerhoff getting really excited when both teams do well. Yeah. So what would come out of your mouth the first time (laughs) Tate Rodemaker throws a pick six? (laughs) I don't think, I don't think Learfield's interested in it, man. I, yeah, I actually think I could wear a hat in which I walked into that booth understanding who I worked for. But <laughs> that, that, that said, that said, I am passionate about my Knowles, but uh, and I certainly wouldn't cheer for the other team. Um, I I just think about how weird it would be if I was working with William for two seconds because the first time I ever hit William or William hit me or we tackled one another on the same team, we were eleven or twelve years old. Like how weird would that be to yeah. fast forward to us in our fifties? <laughs> yeah, in a booth together at FSU, it'd be. I'll crazy. tell you what, Tom Block isn't liking this segment at all. He's like, <laughs> enough, Jeff. Don't even entertain it. Yeah. Uh, no, hey, the, the, by, by the way, I want Tom to get it, and I think he's the most deserving. Yeah, yeah I, I think too. For, for years, I think everybody around the program has assumed Tom Block would be the guy. Um, it's it'll be interesting though for him personally because 
you know, not to get into his family, but he's, he's married with kids now that are, you know, the age where they have activities and stuff. I don't know whether or not, I mean, that's a, he'd have to decide whether or not that's what he wants to do with his football and bat, you know, basketball too. I mean, that's a crazy schedule with a ton of travel. Um, I wonder if there's a possibility to split them up. Um, I would but, think they would want to. I would think they'd want to split it up some. Um, but but I don't know. I, and and yeah, I just. Tom I, and by the way, I want to. I really want to make this clear too. It's not just that I think that Tom Block should get it because everybody assumes he's the next guy in line. I think he should get it because he's good. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying, but that's why everybody's assumed it. It's because yeah, it's I, I think. Yeah, I think he's talented. I think he's a very talented broadcaster, and I, I think uh, he would do a very, very good job. Listen, he would be the first to tell you, I do believe, that nobody's going to replace Gene Deckeroff. That guy's an institution. I mean, that guy is Florida State Athletics in the sense of when you think of calls, you think of one voice only. You don't think of anybody who's done it before or who's filled in or anything. Yeah. You think of Gene Deckeroff. And and so that will be hard. Uh, I don't envy that, but I do think Tom is equipped to do so, and I think he's talented, and I think he'll probably get the gig if he wants it. Uh, it would be wild too if he uh, if he was calling the LSU game because uh, his his wife's their family's from uh, Louisiana. Yeah. They've got a lot of ties there, so uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, Dean writes, gentlemen, can oh, the wait, football- wait, wait. Sue Semarau, can we talk about Sue Semarau real quick? Okay, then we'll get back to the questions. Yeah, uh, I just, it is amazing, man, that, that Florida State has had these coaches forever who have been here for so long. And Sue Semerow was, was 20, 24 seasons. She got here in 1997. Um, and just personally watching that program, you know, women's basketball at a lot of schools is not a, it's not even known. Like people don't even go to the games or or think about the program because women's basketball doesn't have that high of a profile. And a lot of teams really stink. There's like six or seven teams in women's yes. basketball. They're good. And then everybody else is not good, but she broke into that layer. Like they were going to elite eights. She got into that. She took Florida state from nothing from the bare bottom yeah. to one of the top programs in the country. And it's a great accomplishment. Another person who was always great to deal with, always great to us, always great to my kids. My daughters would go to their games. Uh, she just was always awesome. So I definitely personally wanted to give Sue Samara a sh- shout out. And I know you guys appreciate her as well. Well, good for her. So Corey brings to the show. I'm glad he stayed in character. Um, I'll give you a quick side note here. People might be surprised to hear this, given that my take on women's basketball over the years is that it's unwatchable. Uh, I will say that Sue always laughed along with that with me. I've interviewed her countless times. But what I'm going to add to this is that my old roommate used to be the play-by-play announcer for the Florida State women's basketball team. Todd Van Dyke. Todd Van Dyke, dear friend of mine to this day. We lived together and he became, you know, obviously entrenched in that program during their building block, uh, during that time where she was transforming the program. I first began to broadcast in, in, here locally in, in, in 98, 90, end of 97, 98. And I lived with Todd and I got to know those players. I became friends with Caitlin Vujis and other players that have come through this program. And yet they all knew that I couldn't stand watching women's basketball. And yet every time I talked to her or had her on, she was nothing but good to me. And she had every reason to tell me to go pound sand. And she never did. And we would talk about the lack of competitive balance in women's basketball. Ira, you just alluded to it. That's the problem with women's basketball. There's like six programs that can play and everybody else sucks. And 
even teams that are seated really high get beat by like 50 by the other team that's seated really high. So that's changed a lot. The game has come a long way. The overall athleticism has come a long way. Uh, shot making's come a long way. It's it's a better sport now by far. And she's one of the reasons why the ability to recruit and elevate the level of play. She did that for FSU. In addition to being an awesome woman, congratulations, Sue, on a great career. I like how Jeff has to every two people retire and Jeff has to talk about how both of them should probably have hated his guts, but they were nice people. So hold on. I, I, like never, said Gene, you, I never said Gene should hate my guts just because yeah, but you, you, you were ripping critical. on the, you were cri- critical about and ripping, right. ripping the guy that was one of his, you know, probably really good friends. Uh, right. And then Sue telling her that her, her sport was unwatchable, but they're very nice, gracious people, <laughs> which is nice. It's what we learned. We, well, I don't. It's not about me, and I don't want to make it about me. I'm giving you my personal interaction right. with these. But it always started with I ripped. I ripped on him. I ripped on her. No, no, and she that was nice. story started with Gene getting up at five a.m., which right. you would yeah. never do to drop off a dad. He never held it against he's you. Famous. He never what? held it against you when you were ripping Bowden. That's true. That's true. Yeah. He did. And I still don't watch women's basketball. So there you go. There you and go. we that's, and that's we, we don't think Tom Block's a candidate for that job, but. Maybe Brooke Wyckoff, who uh, filled in last year, maybe she'd be a yeah. good team for that job. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, yeah, she she seems a, a logical uh, transition. Uh, Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Back to headliner questions. Let's get to, we've got, uh, oh, by the way, there was a guy on Facebook's uh, quit Twitter, I mean, excuse me, questions uh, that mentioned, uh, it's a little late, Charlie. Uh, I'm no longer in Montana nor Idaho, but he was offering up uh, a river rafting trip for me and my family because oh. his family owns a place in Idaho where nice. I could have done that. Nice. Uh, Charlie, thanks uh, a week late, but, uh, but yeah, I like where your heart's at. <laughs> good job charlie next yeah. time next time he's yeah. out there yeah next time we'll do it uh all right so hey boys hope everyone had a great time with their families with the news of the great gene Deckeroff calling your career what's your favorite all-time call from gene so i wanted to address that because i wanted to circle back that's a twitter question uh, the others were facebook questions uh yeah his is by the way he says his is uh ward to done yeah it's a great um, one it's an all time great one. And I was there live in the stands when that happened. So I had to go back and listen to it. And I've probably listened to it a hundred times since it's incredible. Yeah. He's great. He, he also nailed the snare one against Duke. Like he said, the just bizarrely, he said the little team that could just did like, he goes crazy. It's like, where did that come from? Was that what was he holding on to that? Like, like, you know, how Jim Nance, We'll be like, it. oh, yeah, he can't. The wait. Liberty yeah. Bell rings as Villanova, whatever he did not yeah. as he throws out there. But I, I think that was like in the moment off the cuff, which was which was really good. So that one, and then the punt Ruski man, the dude Musburger thought the ball had sailed into the end zone on the snap. He's calling it, oh, it's a bad snap. And Deckerhoff knew immediately it had been snapped to Dane Williams, who gave it to Leroy Butler. He did a good job with that one. Probably had a heads up on that, didn't he? He might have, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. The way the way things were back then, man, like Coach Bowden probably would have told told like told people at a press conference. Yeah, yeah. We got a cool fake punt. We might yeah, run. Where do you week. see yeah. this thing? We're going to run tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, any of those are great, and he's had countless calls that we can all uh, obviously uh, relish. Uh, the closer we get to the spring game, the more I think about the Knowles in New Orleans against LSU, and obviously the question on everybody's mind, how many hurricanes will it take for Corey to join a street band in a stirring rendition of When the Saints Go Marching In? <laughs> uh, two? Put, one? I think I I'd do it without one. Yeah, I I think I'd put it at three. I mean, the first time I went to New Orleans, I'm not drinking three hurricanes. Are first you time I went to co- first time I went to New Orleans, I was in college, and we had been walking all day, and it was so hot. And I it was August or so, it was like September or something. Finally, get to Pat O'Brien's. We were walking around sightseeing. We get to Pat O'Brien's. I'm so thirsty. I down. I was on my fourth hurricane when I just started puking everywhere. Good. Uh, nice. I mean, it was. It was projectile. It was unbelievable. So, I love uh, that you thought a hurricane would be a refreshing, a, a just a refreshing, oh <laughs> quenching. Get bench. those electrolytes back up in you. <laughs> like Gatorade. Ooh. Yeah, a, yeah, these I things had, are great. I literally had no idea that I did. I grew up in Miami. I didn't know anything about Pat O'Brien's. I didn't really know. I had never been to New Orleans, and so I thought maybe they had a, like a shot in each one. I didn't realize there's like five or six shots in each one. No, it, it was a disaster. Drink disaster and then that was first of many disasters of pat o'brien so i'm thinking three would get you going Corey. yeah i'm not doing it though i'm, I'm too grown up for that now uh that story didn't sell it either but, oh maybe <laughs> maybe i should drink some hurricanes i met my father at pat o'brien's Corey. and oh, i just gotta bring up his dad i thought you would have met him way before that no nope, met him there <laughs> met him there for the first time no, uh, met met him actually my first time in New Orleans. He had, uh, being a worldly cat that he is, been to New Orleans numerous times. Sure. Uh, I went to see uh, Florida State in the Sugar Bowl, and he said, uh, hey, you're going to have a good time in New Orleans, son. I can't wait till you get here. He had been there the day before. I met him on Bourbon Street. We walked in. I had my first ever drink in New Orleans at Pat O'Brien's nice. with, my with your old man. There you go. That's nice. And uh, yeah. uh, Stephanie hung out with your old man this week at the baseball game. Yeah, he went to the Stephanie, baseball game. dad is also dead. Um, said she yeah. got a, she got some sweet dad hugs from your dad at the at well, the baseball. I game. like that there is at, at the very least uh, a, a threesome, a triumvirate of if you will of people that I love in my life that get to share my father, that get to yeah. have a moment with my dad, and they can pass him around like, hey, dad. And this weekend it was Stephanie's turn because yeah. uh, obviously my dad came into town to watch the the dogs here while we were off vacationing, and uh, he had texted me, hey, I think I want to go to one of the baseball games. He loves Florida State baseball. And I said, well, you should go to a Florida State baseball game. And then, of course, he said, did you leave your press pass laying around? And I said, Dad, stop being so damn cheap. Anyhow, he, uh, he, he met uh, Johnny Mack out there and, uh, and, and Stephanie and the rest of the animals. And they had a few pops and they, uh, they ate some brats and they went in and they watched baseball together. Yeah, Stephanie's starting to sit with the animals when she goes and I'm not there. And I'm not sure about that development. I don't know mm. that I... It's just a different lifestyle. That's all. That's all I'm saying. But I yeah, can't. your dad was with the animals. He was wearing the duck around his waist. Uh, he was cheering his head off for them, the and pond. they won big. They won Man. big in that game. Yeah, I, yeah. Cannot, I cannot wait till the camera pans over and Corey's yelling, K! Holding <laughs> <laughs> the flag. Yeah. That's going to be so great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Corey, I also really quick before I get to the next question, I must tell you, I don't know why I took such great pleasure. Maybe it's just because I love you. In knowing that you had to sit through that ridiculous ass day of baseball on Sunday, because with every passing strikeout, which segued into yet another inning of baseball that was virtually unwatchable. 
from both teams. How many thought, combined strikeouts in that game? Fifty-four. Oh Fifty-four. An NCAA record. An NCAA record, gang. I got to see I, them all. I was resting up, having just traversed the country mm. uh, to get back to Tallahassee. Settled in and threw on the baseball game on my television. Watched the end of that game. Saw the Terrell game tying home run and. Both A, celebrated the home run, but then thought, oh, Corey is there covering this. He's got to be almost pissed that he hit that I was away. not happy. Oh, I was. I was like, <laughs> man, you, you struck out five times. You couldn't have made it six. Yeah. Like, and that that kept us there another hour. Did you? Yeah. Did, did, did the umpire have a good punch out sign or anything? Like, they were almost all swinging, man. And he, oh, by okay. the end, his arm was, his oh, arm yeah. was, he was loosening up his right arm. He couldn't like, go, like call any more strikes. Like Jordan Travis. To, to what do we attribute, by the way, this absurdity. Um, they, they struck out a million times last year. We, that's all well-documented. I, I, they're trending in the wrong direction right now towards that direction in terms of uh, contact, but they these just guys started the by eight. The previous <laughs> yeah. school record was 20 strikeouts in a game. I know it was extra innings, but they struck out 28 times. Which, Corey, well, Corey 20, my question. 20 is absurd. <laughs> and, they, and they struck out 28 times. And yeah, the two guys that hit the home this- runs both struck out five times. And yeah. then the guy get hit the walk-off, and then Terrell, who struck out five times, hit the game-tying home run and yeah. threw the bat at the dugout, which well, was nuts. There's two things here. Let, let me address this specifically. A, if they weren't, Knowles and Tom and I talked about this yesterday. They'd be insufferable bunch of kids to watch play baseball because they're ridiculous. I mean, every hit is celebrated in a way like they just hit a World Series walk off. It's absurd. They're obnoxious. Secondly, um, they don't pick up the baseball again this year. It's trending in the wrong direction again. They strike out constantly, but my question is this, and they do have good frontline pitching, obviously. They got to get this bullpen worked out. They have options. They have great frontline pitching. They have great, yeah. yeah. But here's what I want to ask you. When the strikeout train got rolling there, I mean, it really got rolling for a time. It was bumpy, and then it was, yeah. yeah, yeah, It just seemed smooth. I was like, here comes another strikeout on three pitches. Here comes another one on three pitches. So when that thing really got taken off, did you notice that they would swing at balls? If they rolled them up there, like yeah. there were guys swinging at pitches that bounced five feet in front of the plate. I don't remember this being a thing. It's one thing to have an approach. This is absurd. What the hell? What did Meat say after the game about that absurdity? He said, you see that win? Did you like that series win over the Wolfpack? Don't ask me about strikeouts. No, I asked him about the, the, the NC State brought in a reliever that had an ERA of six. And he dominated. He struck out 12 in five innings. Yes. All with fastballs. That were 92. Like, it wasn't like he was hitting What's 99. What's going on? I'm asking questions. I asked him. I literally did ask him. And Meets, like, he started talking about verticality of pitches. And, this, you know, most pitches go down. And the, this guy's pitch was actually seemingly to rise and go it, sideways. It, there's no such thing as a rise ball in baseball. It didn't well, happen. Well, he said true. it looked like it. It looked like an invisible <laughs> pitch. Like, they were f- confused by it. And they were swinging. And they, they just swung and missed. And it was uh, – the so guy he, literally – it was, was no just fastballs. They must have swung and missed – at 40 fastballs, like just swing and miss at 40 fastballs down the middle. It was it was incredible. But you know what? FSU won. That's all that matters, man. Check the scoreboard. Check the standings. Well, Those are four for, and two. Well, good for them. There it is. Thank you. Uh, Burke writes, have you seen to date any managerial decisions from Mike Martin Jr. that has made you say, that reminds me of Mike Martin Sr.? If so, in a good way or a bad way? Well, uh, yes and no. Um, there are some good ways 
There are also some bad ways. Uh, choosing to not bunt and when to bunt in those kinds of situations yeah. haven't always been, in my mind, ideal. Sure. And, he, you know, maybe maybe a pinch run for a kid when it's still the sixth inning and he's your best hitter. Maybe keep him in the game if you can. Um, some bullpen things with, with maybe keeping bringing in Scalaro when, but he doesn't know. You know, Davis Hare's good, man. Davis Hare's the the guy. He's going to be their closer, I think. Um, but Scalaro has to be something, and he keeps you know. Can he can he be the guy run. on the bench, Corey? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, he, can, he keeps, can that kid be the kid that's on the bench? I, I, I like other, that but, role for him. But the other guys have been so inconsistent or bad, and then Wyatt Crowell finally had a good outing. But Wyatt Crowell had been struggling all season. They don't have. Man, a lot I don't of know great how options. many times you need to watch Scalaro go out there and suck ass. How many? The best times part, to- and I know y'all didn't. Well, we I didn't video record it because I was done. I didn't want to be there anymore. But at the press conference, um, Meat was talking about Scalaro. He's like, "Look, he wiped off Jimmy." We we had a call. These guys get these guys work really hard to get get in the analytics, and we know the call to make. And he wiped it off and gave up a game tying home run. So, so basically, he's like, if Scalaro had thrown the pitch we wanted him to throw, yeah, but he didn't. We would have we would have been done three hours ago. A follow up question should have been: Does he wipe out all of the calls because he's forever giving up? Dongs and shots off the wall and repeated yeah. hits. Hey, like, he's wiping everything off. On another note. Uh, in all seriousness, best wishes to Carol Martin, the matriarch of the Martin family mm, who uh, yeah. fell ill, I guess, during one of the games this weekend. And uh, sounds like the test had some tests done. And we're hoping that everything comes out good there because she also we've talked about a lot of people who have been really nice over the years. Oh, yeah. Carol Martin's one of the sweetest people you've ever met. So. She is awesome. And I don't have any caveat to that, Corey. I don't have to tell you about the time that she forgave me for anything. Yeah. When She's you were just, ripping her son and her uh, and her, her, dad, and her husband. Her husband. Yeah. yeah, no grandson. She, she's awesome. I didn't do any of that. Yeah. Uh, I had I, I sat out in the bleachers uh, at the bar in Clearwater uh, when the when the Knowles took on the Phillies and and met her and meet sister and uh, we all just hung around and and had drinks and and hung out. Yeah, and, good people. Uh, she's a really yeah. really yeah. Awesome. Nice, woman. nice woman. Yeah, awesome. hopefully everything's good there. Yeah. Yes. Some of the headlines. Ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Stay with us. Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business, no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash warchant. 
Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Wrapping it up, Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Let's get to a few more of these, shall we? Uh, Chris writes, so the new locker rooms. I love the idea, and if the kids are excited, then really it doesn't matter what I think. But was I the only one that felt a little underwhelmed by this locker room? Very cramped, lack for storage space, personalization potential for the athletes. Is this just a stopgap before we do something good? <laughs> there's a there's actually a conversation in that Twitter thread where a couple of people came back and offered some alternative viewpoints. There is storage space there. It's hard to see because everything's white. So in, in the videos we've seen are all been just these, you know, helter skelter, you know, social media posts for the most part. But yeah, there is storage place there. Um, as far as being cramped, man, they're they're a lot nicer than they've ever been. Yeah, uh, they were they were they did redo the locker rooms eight years ago. It's funny you have the two polar opposites. You have some people who are like, you know, these are amazing, or there are some people who are like, oh, these stink, and why do we even do it? We just did new, new lockers eight years ago. The kids did like it. To me, the the biggest takeaway to all that is the kids like them, and I'm sure the recruits like them, and I'm guessing they're the tar- target audience more so than us were a lot of people our age. Well, and he said that in the question. So that credit to him. Yeah. He admits that it doesn't really matter what he thinks as long as the kids like it. Yeah. Uh, Breezy B. Breezy B writes, can we just admit it's time to move on from Scolaro? I'd rather see anybody on this team pitch but that kid right now. You got Corey, it. Corey, Corey, you answer. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. So it's always the it's always the recency, but he was really good at Wake Forest. Uh, got a couple big outs uh, in the in the Sunday game when when that was a one run game because uh, the offense stopped doing anything and he's had some nice moments this year and he's been really good earlier in his career. That's why they want him to. Fi- that's why they keep running him out there because they need to figure him out because he can be something. He has been something, but yeah, he keeps giving up dongs. We got to stop with the dongs, Jonah. I don't know what's they're going every- on, man. Stop everywhere. It. I just want to watch a game without having to be flashed a dong yeah. by Scolaro again. Every time, always providing is these uncomfortable moments where he takes the mound. <laughs> like, oh, here comes a dong. Here comes a dong. It's, here comes a dong. Any second now. Yeah. Oh, there it is. I really thought I could get through this movie without that dong. But no, nope, yeah. yep, I have to there. see another one. Here we go. Uh, FSU engineer writes, gentlemen, would you rather pitch underhanded to Edenfield? run the 60-meter hurdles with Trey Cunningham or take a penalty kick against Christina Rope? The last one. Uh, any, number any, one, there's no yeah. way we're running hurdles. No. Nope. Yeah, well, but I definitely would not want to pitch to Michaela Edenfield. Well, because yeah, no, if no, she no. hits it up the middle, it's not you like I, I would be upset about giving up a 300-foot home run to her because she would do it. It's because if she smacks one up the middle, yeah, you know, Brady can, doesn't have a dad. Brady's got to live the life that I have to live. Trick of the it's trade, Stephanie and Ira. Trick of the trade, there, Corey. Uh, you don't throw a ball on the outside outer half right. of the plate if you're. But trying you know, to I can it. control it as yeah. much as I do my underhand stuff. Well, yeah, I can, well, I can that's put what I'm it saying. where I want it. You got to get inside. it in on her hands, yeah. Corey. Get it right. in on her hands so there's no chance she gets extended. She gets extended. There's a chance that's off your face. Yeah, I literally. Yeah. I literally think if I pitched and thought it was in her sweet spot that I would like start crying and run away. Like just cower and run away. Oh, I would be running backwards as soon as I let it go. It's it's I would zigzag. You gotta zigzag. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
like when like assassins and snipers like at you. an alligator. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. Yeah, can I find a tree? I can't. It doesn't make sense how hard she hits a softball. It defies yeah, it's logic. crazy. And and it also doesn't make sense how good Trey Cunningham is. Like right. he won the sixty meter hurdles. There was like legitimate space between him and the second guy. In sixty meters, that never happens. And he, I mean, he dominated that race. He's, I mean, it looks like it looked like Usain Bolt or something. He's like the great. best that's ever done it. Like legitimately, he has the second best time in college history, and he just won his first national championship. I assume he'll win the one in outdoors too. He's he's incredible. Saul writes, how do the new lockers compare to the rest of the Power Five? Thanks, fellas. You know, because we're running out of time here, I'll just say this. We are reaching a place, and I think we all know this now, all this shenanigans, whether it be a practice facility or anything else, it's going by the wayside, man. This is becoming an era where all that money, in my opinion, is going to be funneled to really good football players. Yeah. And so get ready to not have to talk about chocolate fountains and all that other stuff and what a locker room looks like or doesn't look like. It's nice to have a better one than others. That's true. But at the end of the day, man, these projects where we're asking everybody, uh, the alumni and the boosters, to give millions of dollars, that that's all going to be for NIL purposes moving forward, in my opinion. Like, you're going to give that to Rising Spear and others. They, you still have to have nice facilities. They're going to have nice facilities. I mean, that's going to be the bare Yeah, but what I'm saying, Ira, is that once they conclude with the football-only facility, what the hell else are you building? No, you, no, no that's no, that's a fair point. I mean, what, what Basically, what you've seen is the way the schools with more money were trying to differentiate themselves from everybody else was investing in those facilities. And now that they've done that, yeah, it's going to go more towards NIL until there's some sort of structure put in place. But yeah, no, you're right. And but now, but Florida State has to at least catch up by yeah, building it because some yeah. people are like, "Well, why even do a football facility?" Well, they still have to catch up. Yeah, let them catch up and then turn all that money into paying players so that you know guys don't get swept away on uh, signing day to, to schools you've never heard of or whatever. Yeah, and uh, then get get Hauser uh, relocated. Those are the two. Well, the two big been, uh, they, they should have demolished that damn thing years ago. Anyhow, for Corey Clark and Ira Chaffel. We did it, gang. We P. did Lizzie it. And Director Matthew. Uh, I'm Jeff. Thanks, everybody. Be well. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Peace.